it's a story of my life completely unprepared you know throw yourself in a deep end and inevitably you drown a little bit but then you figure it out you know exactly but yeah the search for a better life mate you know like i think mm -hmm. uh i think a couple of years down the line you end up getting a, into a bit of introspection and you realize the better life is actually where you create it not where you run towards yeah Absolutely. And I think it's often also very much tied to the people around us and the connections we make. Mm. Why? Why? I've just noticed it myself, you know, traveling after high school, taking that year out from, you know, from, from having a normal life and that sort of stuff. I, I, I always realized that it didn't matter where I was. I had the best time where I connected the most with people, where, mm. you know, I found people who were on the same wavelength who we, you know, partied with or had great conversations with or awesome meals or whatever that might have been. I think so much has to do with the connections we have in life. And I don't know if you've heard of that, um, the Harvard study, which is like the longest study on earth about happiness, um, comes out of Harvard University. And they've been following over 700 men since, I think, 1938. Ooh, wow. And their number one finding is basically com compressed to one sentence is joy is who you share it with. Most of our flourishing of our mental well-being comes down to the people we have around us, you know, and how well we connect with people. It's social well-being is hugely underrated. I think so. And I think we're uh, we're slowly starting to to see the effects, right? Because we're all extracted and working from home and interacting with screens and you know and all that type of stuff. You know, pubs even pubs in the UK I went home for Christmas and talking to some friends and they're like, oh yeah, a lot of them are shutting down. I was like, well, it was yeah. kind of like a social watering hole. Granted, a little bit of an unhealthy one because you're there, you're most likely drinking. But like you're surrounded by folks, you know, you're always interacting. Maybe you see a new face and you're, you're forced to say hello, you know, rather than shutting down. You know, I see it with kids like coming into the gym, like they get really bad anxiety attacks seeing folks that they've never seen before. You're like, um, yeah. there's, there's, there's 8 billion people, guys. Like you're going to see people that you've never seen before. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of life. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. I, I can't I can't deal with it. You're like, well, if you would have seen an avatar that you've never seen before, it would have sparked some interest and some curiosity. That's kind yeah. of the same of what we used to have. And we kind of we, we kind of have to come full circle, don't we? Yeah, I agree. It's so interesting, isn't it? And I think we also saw the effects during the, the, the pandemic, you know, where mm -hmm. all of a sudden we were so isolated from other people, you know, for a prolonged, well, many of us anyway, for a prolonged period of time and the impacts that had on our mental well-being and, you know, how many people all of a sudden were languishing. I mean, that is a complex issue and has with, you know, has to do with more things than just our social connections. But I think another thing that's really interesting is the fact that we don't live intergenerationally anymore, right? Like no one lives with their parents, uh, you know, when they have kids on their own or uh, anything like that. We move far away. We travel around the world, right, to <laughs> and maybe even seek distance from our loved ones or from our family, you know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but also, you know, I have two children who I homeschool at the moment and um, because simply because of our lifestyle, we're digital nomads, so that's kind of what you do and homeschooling is legal in Australia, blah, blah, blah. But I find it interesting because you cop so much stigma from people and so much judgment, like, you know, that everyone puts homeschoolers in a certain drawer, like we do with everything, right? We have 
ideas and stigmas about absolutely bloody everything out there. But one of the things that people who school their kids or people whose kids actually go to school barely ever question is the fact that most of our kids go to school, like spend a third of their lives simply with other kids of the exact same age. Often it's of the same sex because in Australia, for example, we have many schools that are, you know, just all boys schools or all girls schools. You know, same age, same sex. Often it's the similar demographic class, you know, especially, again, mm. you know, if you go to a private school or, you know, what kind of private school and or a state school, whatever. And I feel like we they don't ever get exposed to other people of different ages or maybe different demographic backgrounds or, you know, anything like that. There's no diversity for them. So there's no wonder people freak out when all of a sudden they go somewhere and they you know, run into people of a different kind. Mm. I think that's really interesting. That's a really interesting point of you're forced into the same socioeconomic background, kids who are forced yeah. into the same kids that look the same as you, right? Like I think that's the beauty of uh, public schools, but male and female. You know, I don't quite yeah. understand this unisex type skill, especially like, well, ever. Young kids, mm middle school for some countries that have middle school and then uh, upper school or high school, or, you know, in the UK it's 12 to or 11 to 16. And then you go to college mm-hmm. and you do your thing. Um, but I don't, I don't quite get it. I never understood it. Cause I'm like, well, you're going to understand how to communicate lad to lad or lady to lady. It's like, what happens mm-hmm. when you get thrown into the big bag world? Like mm-hmm. we're going to have yeah. this little bit of a divide and that creates some real bad problems physical problems, mental problems, all those types of stuff, social issues. Like, well, Mm. how about we just like learn from the ground up when we are Mm. still on the ground crawling around. And I think you made a really cool point there of intergenerational. How can we learn from the folks above us and below us as we age through? How can we learn below us too? Like we've all had different lives, right? live different stories. Like we're going to pick up some wisdom from that, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I don't have it all figured out, figured out obviously. And I know there are probably some benefits to, um, you know, all boys schools or whatever, but um, I think for the majority of the school life, I think that's a very, very long time. And yeah. I don't think it's something, yeah, I don't think it's very natural and I don't think it's beneficial. But again, I'm no expert on that in that. Yeah, I think it's really important we surround ourselves with a, a a high diversity of people. Yeah. Different thinking, critical thinking, even just one line thinking. No, no, I think this way. You're like, okay, why? You know, let's let's see what that comes out as in your work, in your play, in your whatever. And surround yourself with big, small, black, white, doesn't matter. You just every piece of diversity you can find, throw it in the melting pot, mix it together and figure out, and I'm going to go back to a quote that I've, he's a brother of mine now. He, he, he likes to remind me of this all the time. He just says, find your people. Mm. And I think it's so uh, profound and poetic because those people look to the eye completely different. Mm-hmm. And it shows we're not that different. Physically, we might be. But well, that's really not the 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 potent factor there. 
I agree. And, you know, that's what I think is so beautiful about traveling the world with our children as well is because they realize, you know, for example, in summer, we spent most of July in, in Mongolia and wow. they realized that, you know, it doesn't matter where they go. Um, you know, people are fundamentally the same. Humans are humans. It doesn't matter how you grow up, what economy you, you live in, what uh, political system you live in, you know, whether you're wealthy or poor, whether you eat goats or not, like it really doesn't matter. And we are fundamentally the same. And I think that's a, such a valuable life lesson and one that we really need these days. I mean, you know, you said before, surround yourself with diverse groups of people. And I think that is so key because, you know, there's this increasing divide and the increasing polarization. We can talk about algorithms and social media and what role they play and so forth, but we've forgotten how to agree to disagree or how to disagree with people, how to even have a conversation, a polite, normal conversation, constructive conversation with people we don't agree with. You know, it's like either we agree with each other or I'm going to go a different way or I'm swiping left or right or whatever that is, you know. Um, I think it's so important, you know, as you said, to surround ourselves with different kinds of people and really listen, you know, whether we agree with that or not. Yeah, it seems like um, it seems like we have lesser. Well, maybe I'm going to contradict myself here, but it seems like we have less opinions of our own because we just listen to the opinion of the masses and just say, yeah, okay, I'm going to go with that. Mm, interesting one. And I find that really scary. Like that freaks yeah. me out and I'm an introvert heart. Right. And it makes me just kind of go back into my hole. I was like, nah, I'm, mm. I'm good with this. You know, if everyone's just shouting the same thing, which they don't believe, mm -hmm. nah, I'm all right. Why do you think that is? Why do you think everyone's shouting the same thing? I think people are scared to be the black sheep. Mm. And especially when, you know, we draw more lines in the sand and we we pour concrete in it and we make them more solidified. You know, what if you're from insert whatever country you're good, insert whatever country you're evil, like what? That doesn't make any sense. They are literally lines mm. in the frigging dirt. Mm. Like if I'm born this side or that side, it doesn't mean that I'm good or bad. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, it gets a little bit more and a little bit more clickbait, newspapers. It's been happening since the dawn of time, right? Mm. Oh, no, you don't want to go to that tribe over yonder. They're cannibals. Whatever bullshit that they want to come up with, right? I think it's it's picking up a little bit of traction. It's picking up a little bit of speed, and people are really scared about becoming collateral damage. Mm -hmm. And how do they guarantee that they don't become collateral damage? Well, they become a clone. Sure. Yeah. Like I'll just yeah. follow along. No problem. Like here's my hands. Yeah. Put those special bracelets on and I walk around mm. with handcuffs and I find it really scary, man. Socially. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's really damaging. Mm. I think again, social media plays a big role in that as well. You know, yeah. that we, here we are again talking about stigma and everyone is, you know, trying to, everyone is chasing this life, you know, where you have an, a nice house and a nice car and then a nicer house and then a nicer car and then another nice car. And then, you know, and the, the amazing, the perfect career and the perfect marriage and the perfect children whose agendas and schedules are crammed full because they do have to be those perfect children. They have to learn Japanese and play football and piano and, you know, everything else. And, you know, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, we, kind of follow the same 
idea of a perfect life. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm talking from my perspective, you know, in a Western world, developed countries, whatever. Uh, and of course, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I think there is a massive trend. And what I find interesting is that over the years, I find this trend is becoming more global too, you know, like yeah. 20 years ago, you could tell the difference between, let's say the fashion in Australia and the fashion in Europe or something like, you know, fashion trends, let's just say, or how people lived or what they were chasing, what activities were hot and or whatever. Um, and I feel like that is slowly blended in over the years. It doesn't matter where you go. It's all the same. We eat the same things. Mm -hmm. We wear the same things. We all have the same hobbies. Um, it's sad. And you know what it breeds? It breeds midlife crises. Because at the end of the day, what people do when they sort of clone themselves in that way, they start to live a life on other people's terms. Yeah. And then, of course, at some stage in your life, you go, hang on a minute, my life looks perfect to the outside, and yet I feel like something is missing. You know, I feel it feels crap. It doesn't feel like me. I'm craving something something else. So, you know, and then we call it a midlife crisis. And again, we attach a label to it and say it's kind of bad or whatever, you know. It's like, no, that's your wake-up call to live differently, to start living a life on your terms, to identify your values, to question what you really think, to question what you really want, to identify your true core values, you know, and start living in line with that, not in line with what society calls success, you know? Do you think the midlife crisis is coming earlier? Mm, nice question. Well, look, I think that midlife crises don't necessarily have anything to do with any stage in life. You can have quarter-life crises. You can have a crisis at any time in your life. Basically, what it is is an emotional crisis. And usually it's because you are somehow not living in line with your values. Mm. You're not living a life on your terms. You, have, you don't have the self-awareness to know exactly what it is you need and want in life in order to feel fulfilled and satisfied. And so then at some stage, you know, it's like you really start to notice it. It's like a rock in the shoe. In the beginning, it's like you barely notice it. If you don't get rid of it, at some stage, you'll have a blister and it bloody hurts, you know, and you need to do something about it. And that's exactly what a midlife crisis is. And we may as well call it a quarter-life crisis or whatever. Um, it's just a wake-up call to, yeah, live differently. So um, I'm not sure. If you're asking, does it happen earlier and earlier in life? Perhaps. And perhaps, again, it has to do with social media and the fact that I think from a very young age, we start to clone ourselves, to use your words, mm. you know, to chase that success the way it's defined by society. Success. But I'm not what sure. What does that even yeah. mean, you success. know? Success, yeah. It is a crazy, <laughs> crazy word, man. Like people, mm -hmm. people chase that dragon for their entire life. And mm -hmm. it, it makes me question of like, okay, if we genuinely are only here once, this is our only way around this life. We're going to get one shot. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. going to spend 100% of it, your one and only shot, chasing this thing that you'll never touch. Mm -hmm. Okay. If that's genuinely what you want to do, I can't stop you. Nor will I judge mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. If that's what you want to do, you go do what you want to do. You know? Mm -hmm. But... Like you said, we, we, we feel forced to get the bigger, faster car, bigger house, more expensive jewelry, whatever it is, right? 
And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, all we're getting is self-medicated, you know, mm-hmm. slightly or chronically depressed, slightly mm-hmm. or chronically anxious. And then mm-hmm. now I, I worked in London for a little bit and worked in gyms for like 14 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and London was crazy. You know, we do 60 minute classes, but people would pay top dollar for 40 minute classes because they're in and out because mm-hmm. they got to get on the next thing. They got to go do the next thing. They got to go. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, guys, it's mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Like, this is the last class of the day. What are you talking about? Like, let's take some time for you. Let's develop this relationship we got going on. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. I'm a guy that you can find in with some struggles, even if it's just physical and you don't want to say anything about your family. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 I got to go. I got to go back to the office. You're like, it's, yeah. what? Okay. Like, if mm-hmm. that's what you want to do, that's how you like to spend your time. I'm not going to stop you. Free will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I find, especially in UK, I think a lot of kids are junk, jumping ship. And I say kids because they're about 18. Mm-hmm. They're in that cusp of, do we go to university? Do we not? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of kids are getting into the stage where I'm like, well, I could rack up close to £100,000 worth of debt and not be guaranteed a job, right? Yeah. Or I could just say, fuck it and go get a working holiday visa somewhere and go figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think a lot of people are feeling the pull to go do that one. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing. Yeah. It's an interesting observation you have. I don't know. I don't know if um, if I see the world like that, if I can see the same trend. I'd hope so because I at much um, support that idea, you know, people in their idea of take a, take a year off because that race – that perpetual race we already, you know, have got going on in society. Well, a lot of people tend to do that for the rest of their lives anyway. Yeah. That hamster wheel life, the yeah. Monday, Friday, nine to five, the more, more, more of everything. So um, I would hope that you're right and that people take that time to get to know themselves, to really reflect, you know, not start racing straight away because the problem is I think even kids are burnt out these days. So many kids are burnt out. The kids going to through the school system. And again, you know, you have to have so many hobbies and do it all and be it all. And I feel sorry for them. I mean, obviously I went through the normal school system and stuff like that, but it was different back then. You know, yeah. we don't want to make myself sound way older than I am, but 21, you know, right? like <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 22, 22. Um you know, like we when we didn't go to school, we had the time off. We played yeah. in the streets or in the yard yeah. or whatever. And that unstructured time, unstructured leisure time has gone completely missing. And I think it's so important for everybody, not just children, but especially children and us as well. I think we're just so stuck in that hamster wheel life. I completely agree with that. And my question would be, what are you running towards? You know, yeah, like, exactly. You, we're all sprinting. We're all running a race. Cool. Yeah. Where's the finish line? They're you like, know what? Uh, but yeah, over there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where? Yeah, and you know what? I would ask 
what are you running away from? Because even when you ask what are you running towards, I think you'll find that most people have no clue whatsoever. Most people are running away from something because their whole hamster wheel life is a culmination of a whole range of fear-based decisions. And I think that is the saddest part of it all. And I think it doesn't surprise anymore at all as to why we have such high prevalencies of all sorts of mental illnesses and stuff like that. Because I think so many people make fear-based decisions and don't for once stop and ask themselves what it is that they actually really want and need in life and then start taking steps towards that. I think that has a very different quality. Yeah, I wrote something down uh, one time and I I love you for saying that because it, it's exactly how I feel too. And think too is like, mm-hmm. I think everybody's running away from something. Some just cover it up by running towards something else. Uh, and I think we yeah, all yeah. just need to stop. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out who you are. Mm-hmm. What don't you like? What do you like? What you're gonna carve off? Mm-hmm. What you're gonna keep? You know. Mm-hmm. And it's again, we're distracted. We're distracted by these bloody things. You know, yeah. like all the frigging time and the yeah. the, the, the socializing between adult and the kid, kid and the kid, adult and adult, you know, yeah. um, is now eradicated, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And we are always stimulated, we are always distracted. And I question whether people actually think anymore. Yeah. So true. And you know what doesn't help either is the fact that even psychologically, there's this phenomenon called miswanting um, that basically describes uh, the fact that we are terrible at knowing intuitively what we need in order to be truly happy. So, you know, we chase things like wealth, we chase things like fame, we chase things like status and so forth. And we think that once we achieve those things, we'll be really happy, right? And then we go and chase them and then we're stuck on this hedonic treadmill. You know, the more of those things we we attain, the more we need, you know, that happiness that we think will be there once we achieve those things either doesn't show up at all or it doesn't show up as much as we thought it would show up or it doesn't last as long as we thought it would. So even psychologically, we're a little bit doomed unless we start to understand those concepts, you know, and mm. and learn how to avoid things like miswanting because that's the problem, you know. We're always there for the quick wins, but we get in our own way, you know, because a lot of the things, we chase hedonic happiness, you know, those moments of pleasure and joy, because we can get them everywhere these days just by the push of a button. You know, we can uh, go and eat all the things that make us feel good uh, in the short term um, or, or, you know, social media, whatever that might be. But in order to attain that deep level of happiness and true fulfillment and a sense of meaning in life, in other words, in order to really flourish in life, we actually often need to sacrifice that hedonic type of happiness, those moments of pleasure and joy. We often have to say no to those in order to attain those long-term, really deep goals of ours. And that's a conflict most people or a lot of people aren't even aware of that that's going on and all they're doing is chase the next little thing that feels good and they jump from you know little moments of hedonic happiness to the next and it's sad you become a junkie 
Yeah, exactly. Become addicted to it, right? That that little It's hit. pretty much that. Yeah. Hundred percent. Exactly. Like Yeah. you see it, yeah, you know, a, a wide array of folks walking into a gym, right? And Mm. you see a lot of different types of people, a lot of different characteristics. And you see it written on the face. You see it in their eyes of just like, oh, yeah, you, you've just replaced gambling, alcoholism, uh, whatever it is, right, with this. Mm But there's going to be a time where the devil's going to be at your door again. -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be Yeah. knocking. Mm -hmm. And it's going to figure out there's a window left open because you didn't do your Mm due, due diligence. -hmm. Yeah. And that's okay. We're all going to have that conversation with ourselves. But sometimes we got to keep going. I'd be like, Yeah. this is the path I chose to embark upon. I'm going to see where this journey takes us. My question would be, what makes you happy? Yeah. Exactly. And how I mean how often can people actually answer that question? What's your answer? Oh, were you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you ask me personally, I would say straight away a, a life of where I that that is aligned to my own values. So once you understand your own values, what is most important to you, the way you want to exist in this world, the experiences you ho you hope to have in this one life you have, um, if you can find ways to align your actions and your daily life with those, that for me is happiness. And so if you know, if you ask me personally, I'm very big on freedom. So, you know, of course, the, things like financial freedom, um, you know, freedom to choose when and where I work, freedom to choose where and when I live, uh, where, where I live and for how, how long. Um, things like mental freedom, you know, being able to have some sort of control over my mind that I'm not obsessed with certain ideas or negative self-talk, that sort of stuff. So big ones from your freedom, big ones from your self-leadership, which they are connected, but also deep connectedness. So, you know, what we spoke about earlier, you know, surrounding myself with the right people, people who are right for me, who I deeply care about, who enrich me, but also who I can enrich, you know, having those beautiful, beautiful connections with them. Um, yeah, you know, those, those are very, very big sort of values of mine. So if I can create a life where I can live those values, I'm happy. What gets you What's out of happiness bed in the for morning? you? Oh, what's happiness for me? Um, <laughs> seeing the joy in people's eyes, seeing people smile, hmm. like just folks having a good time, whether it's a little bit of a dance, whether it's good food, whether it's talking shit, whether it's they've achieved something. I think the, the, The connection between human beings uh, should not be underestimated. And I think I underestimated it for a while. I think I could uh, not tech on the world, but be a bit of a lone wolf. Like I said, I like I retreat off sometimes. And I, I used to, this is like 10 years ago, I used to coin it to myself of getting ill. You know, like sometimes when you get ill, you get the shivers, you get the sweats and it kills off all the bad stuff. And then you, you get a little bit better. And then I'll just dot off into the woods or I'll go on a one way holiday and I'll, I'll kind of figure it out, me in a notebook. Um, but I think I underestimated the power of, of social connection and being in that mix.
makes me happy. Seeing that, seeing people thrive through that and figure themselves out together, you know, in real time. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's a it's a privilege doing this thing. You know, a, a stranger mm-hmm. on the internet, you know, said, "Yeah, yeah sure, I'll, I'll share my most precious commodity of time and have a conversation yeah. with you." I'm like, "Fuck, okay, cool. Yeah. This is an honor. Thank you so much." Like, yeah, I think it's a real privilege too. Let's mm-hmm. talk some shit, you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and just hit record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Wherever it goes, it goes, yeah. you know. And I think, uh, I think that's the beauty. You know, it's unstructured. I think we've we've focused too much on structure and planning and and straight lines mm. and and ladders to mm. climb. And I was like, that's not life, man. Sometimes a volcano mm. erupts or we get thrown a mm. curveball, you know. Mm. Or you have that midlife crisis. And you're like, actually, this is not what I want to go do. Like, mm-hmm. great, change it. Mm-hmm. Get divorced, mm-hmm. move countries. Who the fuck cares? Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's you and you at the end of the day. You know, it doesn't mean people mm. are bad. It just means we, we just need to change. You know, yeah. the only constant in life is change. So mm. why should we fight it? Yeah. But I, I've got three questions. You do? Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me a drum roll. I'll start getting nervous. <laughs> All right. What is the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Oh, gosh. The greatest piece of life advice. I don't know if it's the greatest piece because I think there's a lot out there that we really need. But, look, I was going to say the first thing that came to mind, to be quite honest, and that's that, health is not everything, but without health, everything is nothing. And I know that sounds so cliche and stuff like that. There's this story too. And there's, you know, when, um, I don't even know what you call it. Is it like a friend book? You know, when we used to go to school and we had these friend books and you give it to your friends and they write something in it, like a poem or something. I don't know if, if you had that, but anyway. I don't know, you and I are different yeah, friends. <laughs> I usually just used to get slapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I remember I gave it to my dad and it was like this big thing. Because I, oh my, you know, my dad and I have a beautiful bond. Anyway. And I thought he was just going to, you know, write how much he loved me and blah, 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 blah. And that was the only thing he wrote in there by Adolf Schopenhauer, you know, this German uh, philosopher, whatever. And I thought, that is so dry. That is so boring. But it's so funny because obviously, you know, years later, I became a psychologist and I worked, I did my PhD in public health. I worked in the healthcare system for a very long time. Um. And even now I come back to it again and again, because obviously, you know, if you don't look after yourself and by that, I don't just mean the body, but obviously the mind, it all starts with your body and mind. So you got to start by nurturing that and then you can chase other goals, you know, because if you don't have that, everything's nothing. So that's probably the answer I'd give. Mm. Sorry, I keep muting a mic. There's some construction outside. Can you hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, not the construction. Oh, perfect. Um, I completely agree, man. You know, we we neglect it. I had this conversation this week of like, it's funny how our health is the first thing to go when our life gets a little busy. And you're like, what are you going to do when you don't have it? <laughs> Your yeah. life is going to fucking stop. It's going to be exactly. far, uh, forced to a halt, you know. So work mm-hmm. out three times a week. Go for a walk. I don't care. Do whatever. Yeah. Make sure you're yeah. not eating Mackies every day. You know, yeah. make sure you're not drinking like three liters of Coke. Like let's mm-hmm. let's do the basics. Sleep a little yeah. bit, you know? Like let's yeah. do the real basics. And then like 
you're yeah. going to be about 60% of the way there. Yeah, I agree. What's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? I try to shelter myself from the worst life, bad life advice. Um, I don't know. I, to be honest, I think just some of the things that society, you know, defines as success. It's like, you know, if yeah. you're financially free, then you've got it figured out or, um, you know, the things to chase, financial wealth, um, status, um, mm -hmm fame, any of those things. Um, I think that's just the life advice almost society, you know, prescribes. And mm. we got to be careful. Chasing fame is weird. I think the what is it? Chasing fame. Oh, yeah. I think that that's that's a weird one for me. Yeah. Um, Why is that? You chasing it? No, fuck no. <laughs> I, would, I would prefer... To be incognito, I'd prefer not to, people not to know who I am. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think you know it's a bit narcissistic, chasing fame. And I think uh, again, I wrote something down. I I hope everybody forgets my name to prove that the deed is more important than the doer. I think mm. what we do in life, uh, to to quote Gladiator, echoes in eternity, not the person. I think the person. It's just a combination of letters stuck together with a with a pretty face attached to it, and that's about it. You know, like mm. this thing's gonna decay. Get rid of it. The soul's gonna go yeah. somewhere else. Whatever you believe, mm. but the fact that it was done is the most important. Mm. Uh, the ego is a funny thing. The ego is a funny thing, mate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a mm -hmm. whole different kind. Funny, of not funny. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Uh, <laughs> That is one. That is one fight that is eternal. But mm -hmm. I got one more question. Go ahead. What are the three words you would tell your younger self? Trust the process. Mm. Mm. Or perhaps trust in life. I think so much time of my life I've spent doubting and just being uncertain and always questioning myself, everything I do, you know, whether I should be living differently, doing things differently, what others think of me, that kind of stuff is like, trust yourself and go for it kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? See another side. Say again. See another side. See another side. Side. Like oh. Perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Grew up blue collar. Grew up uh, in a social environment where uh, your social hierarchy was dictated by how you could clench your fist and how you can propel it towards somebody else's face. Uh, rather than smarts, rather than words, rather than emotion rather than fucking anything um mm -hmm. and by some dumb luck i think i was so desperate i didn't quit i pursued this fitness thing and it took me all the way around the world um and you meet a lot of people along that journey 
and uh, you hear a lot of different stories and different perspectives and where they're from and what they can and can't do and all that type of stuff, the family. And you're like, holy shit, okay, cool. I never would have known that if I would have stayed in the same spot doing the same shit. And I probably would have never made it. Like it would, you know, those types of places swallow you up. Well, see another side. Yeah. See another side. That's beautiful. I love that. I think it's so, so important. Mate, this has been an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real, yeah, real privilege for me too. Thank you. Very you nice are more than welcome back anytime, but you go do your thing and I'm uh, really excited to see what you do next. Awesome. Likewise. You take Thank care. Thank you, boss. We'll speak mm -hmm. soon. Bye-bye. Legend. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.